baseball, hockey, and soccer knowledge you could ever need. This is The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. Well, this is The Water Break on 88.9 The Bridge. Creed, you want to intro us? Yeah, so what we're going to be doing is what we call the 5 and 5. We do five sports in five minutes, and uh, I'm going to start it off with soccer. So in soccer this upcoming week, we have the Seattle Sounders playing tomorrow, actually at 12.30 p.m. against Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City is right behind us in the standings uh, with the Seattle Sounders 58 in first place and Sporting Kansas City second place with 52 points. Uh, Sporting Kansas City has five games left in the season. Seattle Sounders at four. And that's after this game this... uh, No, that's before this game this week. Uh, And so those are going to help decide who moves on in the playoffs. Uh, Sounders actually only need to get a draw to advance. Uh, They could lose the next four games after this and still advance into the playoffs. And then in U.S. men's soccer, uh, we have November 12th is going to be the next game. So there's going to be a break between now and then. uh, And USA is going to be playing against Mexico, uh, 6.10 p.m. That's going to be a great game. And then in the English Premier League, we are in week nine with Liverpool being the only team left to be undefeated with five wins, three ties, and zero losses. Uh, first place in the league right now is Chelsea with six wins, one draw, one loss. And Man City is third with five wins, two draws, and one loss. All right, Sai, on to you for basketball. All right, so the NBA season just kicked off, and it's very exciting time for basketball right now. So one of the first games, the Nets versus the Bucks. The Bucks destroyed the Kyrie Irving-free Nets. As many of you know, uh, Kyrie Irving was not allowed to play this year because he refused to get the COVID-19 vaccine. And the day after that, there was a very interesting game between the Celtics and the Knicks, which went to overtime, and the Knicks snuck past the Celtics 138-134. to And in other news, also the NBA's uh, 75-year anniversary team came out, and a notable snub from that is Dwight Howard, so a lot of people are talking about that as well. Uh, on to Will for some hockey. Yeah, the hockey season, just like basketball, is underway, and there is some really interesting stuff going on in the league right now. Uh, So the Sabres are actually one of your undefeated teams, despite ending up with one of the worst records ever uh, last year. They're now 3-0. Their goal differential is 12-4, but this is pretty typical for them. They usually start out the season pretty hot. We've seen this a lot. The Sabres are going to do really well early on. And then their season's going to slowly start to go downhill. They'll have internal problems just like they did last year with Eichel. Um, and then they're going to kind of collapse. But we'll see. This might not happen this year. It could be a new leaf for the Sabres. Uh, the Canadians struggling after a Stanley Cup Finals appearance last year are now 0-5. Uh, they're one of two 0-5 teams. 
And the other one, the Chicago Blackhawks, is actually really surprising because they just acquired Marc-Andre Fleur and Seth Jones in the offseason. And clearly, they've also had Taves and Kane come off some injuries. And clearly, it's not working out for them because they are 0-4-1 with one overtime loss. Uh, so things really have not worked out for the Blackhawks as of yet. But I could see their season rebounding. As for the Kraken... Um, they had a decent start to the season, almost beating the Golden Knights, who have not looked too hot, uh, and then falling in the rest of their games. But a lot of them have been close. I will say that they lost 4-2 to the Devils. They fell uh, just by one to Columbus and by one to the Vegas. So I really think these games aren't out of reach for them, and I could see a pretty good season here. Uh, but it's really up to some of the players, especially the captains like Giordano or some of the leaders like Grubauer to start really playing well and bring this team together. Uh, anyways, we'll bring this over to McLean for football. Yeah, well, I'm actually going to talk about baseball first, if that's cool. But the MLB season is winding to a close as basketball and hockey start. Baseball is starting to wind down. There are just four teams left alive in the playoffs. The Dodgers, who are facing elimination against the Braves, and the Astros and Red Sox, who are battling for the American League title. The Braves had the Dodgers on the ropes, just like they did last season, but Chris Taylor, a former Seattle Mariner, came roaring back with a three-home run effort last night to get the Dodgers a win in a dominant affair. It was a great Great game for the L.A. Dodgers, and they showed just why they were World Series favorites to open the season. These games will continue uh, throughout the weekend. Both series will be wrapped up, and by Monday, we'll have our World Series matchup. Now over to Will for some football. Yeah, football is uh, really good so far. The Seahawks have had a pretty tough start this to the season, uh, just the same as the Chiefs, but the Seahawks have had injury problems like crazy. Um, first Russell Wilson and now Geno Smith having problems against the Steelers. We thought after his small stint, uh, in his return to football that he would, he was doing well and that he would continue to carry, uh, for the Seahawks until Russ could return. Um, but he had a really rough game against the Steelers. And I think his lack of experience just recently, uh, showed because he has not gotten a whole lot of playing time in the big leagues at all. And the Steelers are by no means a, a solid team this year. Big Ben has played awfully. Uh, and they really just have not been looking like themselves, especially after going 11-0 and last year. Things have totally collapsed for them after that first loss. Uh, so what do you think about the playoff picture right now? I'm going to talk AFC North. I think that is one division where the changing of the guard happened almost overnight. I mean, Big Ben was padding his Hall of Fame resume last year with that 11-0 and start. He was looking like a first ballot lock. Uh, but I think now he's he's playing his way out of the hall. He's uh, performed like a practice squad quarterback at best this season. And the Browns, they're winning even without Baker. Case Keenum had a pretty solid start yesterday on Thursday night. I know Creed is a Vikings fan. I know he probably wishes well for Case Keenum, but... Case uh, still making his case, but um, be the long-term answer for some teams somewhere. Yeah, that was a really surprising game. I was just, it was really weird to see the Browns with that many injuries still manage to come out on top of the Broncos. I remember I was actually talking with my history teacher, my AP Comp Gov teacher, Mr. Kinsey, moved here from Ohio, a big Cleveland Browns fan. And I remember in class, he was just talking about how miserable this game was about to be for the Browns on Thursday, uh, that they had no chance. Their whole team's on IR. And they got no one to look for. And then you have Dearness Johnson rushing for nearly 150 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's unheard of. Case Keenum had a pretty nice game, almost 200 and a touchdown as well. 
Uh, so it's really good for the Browns to see that kind of thing out of their backups and keep their record over the 500 line before they start to get some of their starters back and get some momentum. Because I think this is a playoffs team. They're going to look to playoffs. But you can't do that if you don't have your team healthy, right? And if you get your team healthy by the end of the season, but you have a bad record going into the playoffs, you're you're probably not going to make it or you're going to get a really, really tough matchup in the first round. Yeah, The Browns, I got to say, two key players for their turnaround been Jedrick Wills, Jack Conklin. Their two tackles have been bracketing that line amazingly well. And J.C. Treader, the Pro Bowl center, has managed uh, Conklin and Wills have both missed some time this year. But Treader, I don't even think he's missed a snap. It's been uh, an amazing performance for the offensive line of Cleveland. They've been able to give their passer a clean pocket, allow a group of receivers that doesn't exactly have the headline grabbers that it once did more time to get open and all in all, just elevating the team around them. I think that if Cleveland sneaks into the playoffs this season, the narrative will be around Baker and around Case Keenum, but it should be around the offensive line. So I'd like to take a moment and uh, give Cleveland's Big Uglies a shout-out. With that, I think we're going to take a quick break on the bridge. The water break will return two minutes. 88.9 The Bridge. What's going on, idiot? Now the bridge listeners, we are back here on the water break, uh, and today we're going to be going with some trivia. So I'm really excited to announce this. Basically, what we do here on the water break for trivia is we have the person who hosts it was the winner from last week, and they are going to ask a series of questions which we will answer by buzzing in with our names. So we'll shout our names and we'll give our answer. If we get it wrong, the other show members will have a chance to steal for the full amount of points. And each question is worth one point. And basically, we're going to play first to three points wins. So hopefully, this will be pretty even here. Uh, We'll see how things go. So Creed, you ready to take us away? Yeah, so since I won last week, I'll be hosting this week. And uh, we'll get started with the very first question. All right, for the very first question, what was the winningest NBA team? McLean. Yes, McLean. Golden State Warriors. No. Will. Sigh. No, Will said, Will said it first. Los Angeles Lakers? No. Sigh. Sigh. Mm. The Boston Celtics? Yes, that is correct. The Boston Celtics have 3,462 recorded wins. Oh, you meant all time. I thought you meant the winningest season. Go Celtics. How close were Lakers? Do you know? I, I'm not totally sure how close okay. the Lakers were. They've got to yeah, be somewhere up Celtics there. Celtics were absolutely destroying it. Uh, all right, so one point for Cy. Uh, oh, yeah. Need the music. All right. The fancy music. All right, so this is kind of a random question, but I want to see if you guys get this. What were some names that baseball was known as when it was a newer game? Like, you know, it's not officially baseball. It was just known as certain types of names. Uh, McLean, uh, stickball, streetball, uh, cricket. What else? Uh, how many is he allowed? How many is he allowed to list here? As many as he wants. He just has to get one of the main ones. Okay. Uh, Will, let's go. Um, I don't know what leather. <laughs> no, because <laughs> they have leather glove. Who knows, man? You guys right. got anything? Did either of us have either of us got one? Uh, so McLean, you're pretty close on those, but Stick and it's ball. not like an official name that it was known by. Okay. Side, side. Do you have a? Do you have a guess? 
Uh, Sluggerfest? I don't know. No. Actually, what it was known as uh, was Town Ball, Round Ball, and Baseball was another one. Wait, so you so I could have just, just guessed Baseball. Yeah, you could have just guessed Baseball. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. Real bummer. So okay, I so no point. points. Nobody, anybody else. Okay. All right, this one. You guys should get this. Uh, I'd be kind of bummed if you didn't, but... Name any two Sounders players Will. that have ever played for, on the Sounders. Yes. Will. Jordan Morris. Jordan Morris is one. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is where it goes downhill. Okay. Let's think. Uh, oh, man. I, sh- I really should know this. You got to pull the I only watch European soccer card. But I don't watch European Let's soccer. No, no. He knows Bellerin, though. I could, I could probably name like a total of five European soccer players. Uh, Let's go with John Smith. John Smith on nope, that? No, John Smith John is not Smith's one. Not. Okay, Sai oh, si is stealing this one. Jordan Morris and Clint Dempsey. Sai is correct. Sai <laughs> is leading with two points. So he's at Sai's two already. Up. Wow. Yeah, so this is the last point. If Sai gets this next one, it's over. Uh-oh. Yeah, this is going to be a game point. This is going to be a pretty quick round. Yeah. All right, so this is another interesting question. Uh, show some of the wackiness of NFL. All right, how many teams were in each division in 1995? Will. Uh, Will. Let's go with Six. No, it's a wacky close, number. Though. 95? Yeah, 1995. Okay, 20. McLean. How many? Seven. No, seven is incorrect. Drag. Sai. Let me think. How many teams in each division? What did Will guess again? Will guessed six. McLean guessed seven. Oh, he's going to get this. Uh, Sai guessed 12. That is incorrect. The correct answer is five. I thought he was going to guess five. I was like... If mine was close, you know, if and McLean's was five, wrong, it would I have been five. over yeah, already. I thought five would have been. Yeah. Probably the best option. Okay. Hockey question. Oh, here we go. That's Will, good. you better get this. How many teams have never won the Stanley Cup? Oh, okay. I gotta, th- I gotta think about this one. Can I guess you, it, or is it yeah, just for you guys? Will? Can buzz in. Oh, okay. McLean. Yeah. Okay. How many? Uh, five. No. Will, I think, and I'm just kind of guessing because I know I have an idea of a couple. Is it six? No. Wait, is it never been or never won? Never won. Never won. Never won. Okay. Sai, can you steal? Sai, do you want to steal? How many teams have never won? Sai, uh, I'll go for seven. I don't know. No, the correct answer is 11. 11. Oh, so, oh wow. That's a lot more yeah. than I thought it was. I, it's I, a lot. I know it's the Canucks surprising. have never won one, unfortunately. The Maple Leafs uh, have. No, I thought it was, have, I thought it was never been. I thought it was uh, never no, it's been, never which won. is why my It's also pretty so surprising that Kraken haven't won one yet. You know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Obviously, I mean, they've, yeah. they've played in so many. How have they never come across exactly. one on top? A little, bit of, a little bit of Seattle hockey history. The Metropolitans actually did win one. Yeah, the actually, they did win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 1920s. They still won. Yeah. But, yeah. All right. All right. What's next? Okay. This one is a little bit tricky, too. So, usually... In a professional soccer game, you are allowed a total of three substitutions in the 90 minutes. But with COVID, these rules have been changed, and they're going to be reverted back to the old rules uh, the 31st of July, 2021. Uh, So, actually, wait, that already happened. (laughs) Anyways, so how many substitutions did teams have until that point? Well, how uh, many? Two? Two is incorrect. Man, I'm just getting all these guesses. I just don't know these, to be honest. I'll go, with, I'll go with four. Four is also incorrect. McLean, your chance uh, to steal. Trick question. It was three the whole time. No, it's five. 
They added, they did five, and then they actually added some extra water breaks in between. So I think there were two extra breaks in the game, just hey, because of health concerns. We do those. We do those. Yeah. Exactly. Yo, let's go. Yeah. Exactly. So, all right, man, I'm kind of surprised no one's won this yet. Uh, okay, another soccer, t- soccer question. What is the term for scoring a goal to end the match in overtime? Uh, will. So it is game winner. Nope. No, it's got to be something more complex. Than it's that. pretty. It's like a fancy term. Not fancy. Uh, McLean, a shiggledy wanker. No. <laughs> Sigh. I'm not sure. Uh, I'll just say game sealer. No, it's called the golden goal. The Man. winner, the golden goal. Sounds like something out of Harry Potter. It kind of yeah, does. does. Yeah. Kind of does. Hmm. All right. Who has the most consecutive games with a strikeout in baseball? Obviously. Uh, is that pitcher with striking somebody out? No, or like a batter striking out. Batter striking out. Uh, McLean, gonna say Joey Gallo. No. Will, I'm gonna say John Lester. No. <laughs> Sigh. It was a chance. Okay, I don't know. I know. So I know he's bad baseball, at hitting. But you know what? I'm gonna just go with Babe Ruth. No, actually, it's Aaron Judge. Really? really? He had 37 games in a row with a strikeout in that game. Wow. Huh. Yeah, pretty interesting. Uh, is it? Is this, like, team games or games that the player played in? Pretty sure it was team games. Okay, because I would be surprised. That would, that makes sense why John Lester wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. Because yeah. he really sucked at hitting. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, because I, I remember I saw some stat where he went, like, one, through, one for 66. Yeah, he was like the that. worst hitter. For his he career, is. he was the worst hitter in yeah. baseball by a large margin. That's wow. kind of why I went with that one. Yeah. Okay. But that makes sense. Uh, another one. What player scored the most points in an NBA game? Will. Wilt Chamberlain. That is correct. The goat. All right, so Will's at one now? Size at, at two. two. Oh, oh I'm two. At two. Yeah. Am I? Man, yeah. I can't remember now. Will's at two. Will's at two? Yeah. Okay. So, McLean, you're still at zero. Yeah, still at nothing. Let's get it. All right. Okay, bonus question. What year did he score his 100-point game? Oh, McLean, Insane. I know it. Okay. 68. No. Pratt, I thought I knew that. Will, uh, I'm going to go 70. No, Sigh. 79? Nope, 1962. Oh, so, okay. I was close. You I knew were, it was 60 in the yeah. even number. McLean was actually pretty close with that. Um, all right. What decade was the first ever soccer tournament played? You just have to get the decade. Uh, and it was like a professional tournament. Like, uh, not just like a random tournament. Like, playing the uh, 1910s. No. Wait, is this counting like Olympic kind of stuff? Or is this like European League, whatever? Just first ever tournament. Like, professional. Oh, okay. Because prof- Olympics isn't really professional, so. Let's go 1880. Oh, wow. That was actually correct. And oh, no, 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 wait. No. Incorrect. Oh. Oh, what? Oh. oh, I'm so sorry. I know what it is. I, I know. I think you okay, just Okay, Sai. Okay, wait. So we'll guess 1880, right? Yeah, that's the decade. So you just have to guess the decade. Oh, just the decade. Um, okay, I'll go 1890. That is incorrect. It was 1870. Wow. You guys keep hopping right around the answers. Like, See, you're pretty close I, on all of these. I thought you would have misread 1890 as 1880 because the 9 and the 8 look similar. So I thought he had it in the bag. I would have guessed 92. Yeah. No, that was incorrect. I'm sorry. It was 1876. It was the Yodin Cup, and it was 12 Sheffield teams. Very interesting. Yes, very interesting indeed. Okay. Right. When was the last time a wildcard team won the Super Bowl? 
And what team was it? Uh, McLean, that was the uh, Green Bay Packers 2010, following the 2010 season. That is correct. Man, Wait, no, it one. isn't, because it was the Tampa Bay Bucks last year. Was it? Yep. Oh. Oh, yeah, they did come out of You're right. Oh, wait, yeah. Because Creed was wrong. Can I have two points? Yeah, I feel like that's fair. <laughs> okay, so two points now for everybody. Game point for everybody. Yeah, game point for everyone. All right, this is real fun. Okay, last last question then. What was the last season the Supersonics were in Seattle? Will. Sai got it. 2007? That is correct. 2007-2008 season. And Sai walks it off. Sai, would you like to make a speech? Sai, give us a speech. Okay, um, I'd like to thank my parents and my sister and all my teachers at school. I don't know why, just for fun. Um, And I overcame the odds today to win because I'm concussed right now, but it's okay. It's awesome. I still won. Which means, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the king of trivia, and I have to do it next week. And, yeah, thanks for making the questions, Creed. Yeah, shout-out, Cy. Shout-out, Cy. Good job, Cy. All right, well, so he'll be hosting next week. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah, that'll be really cool, I guess. All right, the water break is going to go for another quick one. We'll be right back with some sports roundtable, and we're going to uh, – we'll be right back. Welcome back into the water break on 88.9 The Bridge. I'm McLean. Got Will and Creed. Unfortunately, Cy had to go get some medical attention. Uh, so keep Cy in your prayers. And we're just going to do some sports roundtable on the water break. Yeah, uh, started off here. I think we're going to go, what do you guys think about teams under 500 that have hopes of making the NFL playoffs this year? How we feel about that? Oh, man. Good question. Good question. Let me start by saying the NFC playoff field is wide open. This is the weakest I think we've seen the NFC in a long time. And I think that almost every team has an outside shot of making it this year. Yeah. But I uh, think... Lions don't. They're Lions? Six. Yeah, no, the Lions are having a rough... But yeah. aside from that, I think a lot of the teams do have a shot. I think the Definitely. only division that I will say right now is 100% is NFC East. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's because all the teams in that division are trash except for the Cowboys. And really, the Cowboys yeah. are... They're I mean, decent. Cowboys I are five they're and bad. one. They're not doing they're, bad. They're pretty good when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. I've never really been too trusty of the uh, Cowboys. But I do think that division is probably by far the most on lock out of any division. Probably in the league, I would say. Yeah, but there are three wild card spots. So if yes. the playoffs started today, those wild card spots would be owned by the Rams and the Saints Rams, and, Saints and the a five hundred team. Yeah. A 500 team. So Hopefully either the Vikings. Vikings, the Bears, or the Panthers, whoever has the tiebreaker there, which I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, I think Vikings play Panthers next next week. So, so that'll decide that head-to-head. Definitely, and that's going to be fun because it's going to be uh, two Vikings quarterbacks, like favorite Vikings quarterback. Yeah. Not necessarily favorite, but like loved Vikings well, quarterback. Sam so. Darnold, is, is, do the Vikings have a reason to like him? No. Oh wait, no, no. I was thinking. Yeah, you Bridge- forgot. You forgot Bridgewater is no a Bronco, didn't you? Yeah. No, he swapped. Panthers, yeah. Yeah. So you got to see last night on Thursday Night Football. If you watched yeah. and you were a Vikings fan, you got to see two of your former quarterbacks face off. 
Yeah, no, that's that's what I was thinking about. Sorry, wrong game. Yeah, no, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Uh, so I think the team below 500, first, this is a weak NFC, but I think that the team with the best chance at the playoffs is actually your Seattle Seahawks. They've looked the best for the longest. They're 2-4, and four, which is as good as you can be while still being below 500, unless you had a bye week. But I think that... I think that Seattle's got the best chance at the playoffs for the below 500 teams. I think I'll take Seattle's playoff chances over the Lions, Falcons, Niners, football team, Eagles, or Giants, right? I would definitely take them over most of those teams. Yeah. The Niners, possibly. The Niners. Well, did you see what shot. happened when Seattle played the Niners? But look at Seattle now. Our, our team is injured. Uh, we don't have Russ. We're not going to have Russ for yeah. a while. Our record is going to suffer uh, for these next six weeks or so. And I don't know if realistically we can bounce back from assuming it ha- it's it's worst. I think it, it's not possible for us to bounce back. If we end up doing okay, it's still going to be a long road. We're going to need to win pretty much the rest of our games when we get our team back. And that's just considering that Russ comes back and plays like mm-hmm. himself, like he's never even left the field for That's a week. true, but consider, the Seahawks have a lot of opportunities to make up ground in the division. They've only played so far two divisional games in which they've gone one and one. If they finish, if they can take care of business against the Niners, they'll have a valuable tiebreaker. And in winning those uh, other 49ers games, it could give them... Uh, divisional record tiebreakers over other teams in the division. You're right, but our divisional games this year are hard. So to say that we have at least six difficult, difficult games left on the schedule, uh, especially with the injury, is not looking good for our odds. I I think the Niners probably don't have that great of a shot at it too, considering they are in the same division. Uh, But I could definitely see at least two teams making wildcard spots just out of the NFC West. Yeah, the the Niners and Seahawks are kind of in the same deep yeah. water right now, facing question marks at quarterback due to health, uh, dealing with a tough division and a defense that's underperforming. But I I like the Seahawks' odds. I think the offense showed signs of life in the Pittsburgh game, running the ball a lot with Alex Collins. It worked. They looked good. They figured out how to, you know, run the ball and move the ball against what is a very tough Steelers defense with a backup quarterback in. The offensive line looked the best I've seen a Seahawks offensive line since the Super Bowl years. It's been it's been awesome. Anyways, I think the Seahawks have the best. Now let's look in the AFC. Is there any below 500 team you think has a particularly good shot at the playoffs? Uh, I mean, just looking at the Pats, Jets, and Dolphins, I would say no, 100%. Uh, the Bills got that division unlocked pretty safely. Those teams have all been horrible this year. Um, in terms, I think I think the Colts, if they had a better quarterback, would have a shot at it. Did you know Carson Wentz has the most passing attempts in the NFL without a pick? I am not surprised, but he can't. Now you do. Because he, he can't hit his wide receivers either. Uh, that's the, true. I don't know. I, I feel like the Colts have been underperforming. That's a pretty bad division, and uh, they certainly can beat up on the Texans and the Jaguars in a couple of games, make up some ground, and maybe have a shot at the playoffs. But like you said, the problem is the AFC is a pretty strong stacked. division yeah. this year. I feel like uh, the, something has to give in the AFC West or AFC North 
for a team that's currently under 500 to make the playoffs. I would agree with you, though, that if a team under 500 right now was going to slip into the playoffs, it would be the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they're not doing terrible compared to the rest of the AFC South teams. I mean, I mean, Tex, the Texans haven't even scored 100 points yet. Yikes. Yeah. Six games in, they're at 92, and they've had 172 scored against them. It's an 80-point differential. That's So I think if the Colts can find a way to step it up, I think they have a chance of getting in. But yeah, Colts could very easily heat up and win some games down the stretch. We forget, but the Colts were 1-5 and five a couple of seasons ago, and we were able to turn it around and make the playoffs. Now, what I want to do is ask you guys a question that I've been meaning to ask for a while now. Last night's Thursday night game, I don't know if you watched, but it was a bit of a snooze fest. Darrenis Johnson ran for a lot of yards, but I don't think either quarterback got to 200 on the night. No, Chase Keenum was one yard under. 199. It was a defensive slugfest. There was really not much to like there. And for two, you know, injury-riddled rosters throwing a bunch of backups on the field, do you think Thursday night football has a place in the NFL of the future? You know, this is a really interesting question because, first and foremost, any of these professional sports leagues, they are an entertainment business, right? You got to look at it. It's the numbers that matter. It's the people you're in. It's not so much about the game. Yeah, that's important to the players. But the main focus and why these leagues are around is because they entertain people. It's fun to watch. You go home, you think, oh, man, who's playing for football tonight? You want to watch that game. And if the players aren't playing at their best, it can be somewhat unappealing to maybe watch the game, especially if it's two bad teams. But on the other hand, football is one of the only sports, pretty much the only major sport, where they have all their games on the weekend, on Sunday, aside from the one Monday game. And that can really be tough to watch games, you know, because for most nights of the week, you can't come home and say, oh, who's on, who's playing football tonight? Whereas you can with baseball, hockey, soccer, pretty much any other sport you imagine. It's not like that. So I think to spread out their games more definitely does help the ratings. It just gives more people an opportunity to watch the games. And it's also kind of special for the players to play in, uh, to be the only game on right now. But at the same time, I feel like maybe moving it to Saturday, although Saturday is a tough day with college football. It's a, it's I a tough Thursday balance. Night, I think it's just got to go. Really? I Personally, I, you sorry, know, go ahead. take it. Okay, so I was going to say I agree with Will on that. I mean, just seeing how other leagues have done it, it's it's been great to have games throughout the week. Uh, I know that I'm always you know, kind of annoyed when I, I get home and I'm like, oh, there's no football I can watch. But then all these other leagues have games going on. So I think it's great to have Thursday night football. I think maybe even if they had like a another day of the week with football, maybe like a Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday, Monday, I, that would be fun for me at least. Because uh, I know a lot of people do struggle with like, oh, there's a bunch of games going on right now. There's two or three of them that I wish I could watch, but they're all at the same time. Uh, so if there was a way that you know that could be managed a little better, I you think know, that would be great. I, I could see Friday night football becoming a I, thing. I couldn't. Every high school really? football player in the world is playing under the lights. Everyone with a kid who's playing high school football is going to be watching that game. You're right. I think that between those two groups, that's a large percentage of your NFL watching audience. Yeah, you know, college and uh, high school really does block it out now you think yeah. about it. But I was thinking Friday would be nice aside from that. It's Friday night. You don't got anything to do the, the next morning for most people at least. You can, you can sleep in. You can stay up late watching the game or whatever. 
and uh, it's really just an opportunity. It's like the end of the week. You look forward to it. It's a bit closer to Sunday to make it a little bit nicer for the players injury-wise and rest-wise. Um, but you're like, Injury and rest. It all comes down to injury and rest. Do you think Case Keenum would have started for the Browns if the game had been on Sunday? Probably not. Is it worth the extra primetime game to force these players who play the hardest sport in the world to do it on half the rest they normally get? Is it worth it? Okay. I, but, I say no. But football, I I don't You get three days of rest compared to any other, literally any other professional sport. Three yeah. days of rest is a lot. That's a lot of time. But they and also that's... play, they grind those starters so hard. I mean, I'd argue the only sport I'd argue is half as hard as football would be NHL hockey, but they have line changes. Every individual player is only going to play for 20, 25 minutes at the absolute, absolute most. That is true, but you look in football, they're only playing for probably 10 minutes of actual play during yeah. the game. But those are the hardest 10 they minutes. Are, I would, yeah, you're, you're I right. They I mean, are I'm the thinking hardest like if we're going off the of hardest sport. sports ever, I'd say probably wrestling's up there, but you know, well, I can, wrestling I, I can doesn't last for three hours either. It doesn't wrestling, even last I know, for... but it's hard while you're playing it, but though, yeah, you're right. Those matches yeah, but do not last no, long. Those matches are usually around six minutes, but uh, also another thing that you aren't considering soccer, most, a lot of players end up playing a full 90 minutes. But yeah, soccer, but they also have a week of rest. Soccer, okay, soccer not usually, is because you get you probably have a game like once every five four, five days. Yeah, once so, every five days, which means you get a lot of rest. That's I know, the point is, I don't also think have extra games. I don't think there's country. a future for Thursday night. I understand that it's an entertainment business, but you do have to consider the nature of the product. Is it worth rushing a subpar product? I say no. Anyway, I think this is going to wrap up the show here. What do you guys think about Thursday Night Football? You can text our station, 206-275-9104. We'd love to hear what you think of Thursday Night Football, as well as your issues on your takes on any other sports-related issue. Thank you guys again for listening to The Water Break, the best sports show on 88.9 The Bridge. Stay tuned for more music and conversation that spans generations. KMIH Mercer Island, 88.9 The Bridge. Music and conversation that spans generations.